Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a big Monday as we host Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And on that glorious Raiders mobile app, which we love so much, download the Raiders mobile app. No, you have a lot of, you have a lot of things you got to download now and apps to go into the game. Your v- proof of vaccine, you got the Raiders app. I know you do. You just click on the radio in the upper right corner and you listen to the show instantly. It's such a good app. It works so well. People stop me. People tell me, people who don't have it, I say, can I borrow your phone for a second? And it takes me less than 30 seconds to set it up. And we love it. So appreciate you listening today on a Monday. Uh, get ready for games at PT's 24-7. Pre-game specials from $3 plus $2 Bacardi or Grey Goose. $5 Howler Head Whiskey Shots. PT is coming off a big weekend with all those fantasy parties. If you're still waiting for your fantasy football draft party, do it at a PT's near you. Over 60 locations. And they fuel the monologue. All right, let's get going. Coming off the Niner loss, which I know a lot of Raider fans are pissed off about. You should be. You lose to the Niners. It was an uncompetitive game. You go to Santa Clara if you're a Raider fan. And you wear your silver and black and you come out of there. And the Raiders didn't travel over 20 of their starters. That's a big topic. But I I think a lot of Raider fans understand why. Here's what happened this preseason, in my opinion. The Raiders changed their philosophy as a football team. I'll be with John Gruden tonight for a PSL one-hour state-of-the-team event. So if you're a PSL holder, you got the email by now. Join us from 5 to 6 p.m. tonight. And John Gruden's going to speak for an hour on the state of the team. So there should be some really good insight coming from that as I'll be over at the facility a little bit later on today. So this is what I believe is going on. I believe that the organization, because of last year, because they fell apart late, they had the worst defense in football, arguably, when it came to big plays, giving up yards, and everything that kept them out of the playoffs, the Raiders want to keep as many of their players fresh as they can heading into the season, period. Their first, their first travel event is a short week to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh, a team that started off last year 10-0, or it might have been 11-0. and That's their first game to travel with a Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger waiting for him on a short week in a madness environment on Monday Night Football. So Gruden wants to keep their legs fresh as long as he can. Last year they started off 2-0. There's a much tougher schedule. This is Baltimore and Pittsburgh, the pride, the pride of the AFC North. Two teams based on championships and winning. So they got their hands full right out of the gate. So that's one. Fresh legs, and there's a lot of games this year. There's 17 games. Number two, the Raiders, I thought, did a really nice job building depth this offseason. They did a nice job. They brought in players that I didn't expect them to bring in who were better than the players they had last year, and they didn't want to lose them to injury. So every Raider fan knows this. Every Raider fan gets this, that the team isn't good enough to suffer through injuries and depth problems again especially in a division where Patrick Mahomes is. The Chargers are getting healthier and better. Denver, wherever you stand on Denver, they got a really good defense. So the Raiders 
or one of maybe eight, nine teams in the league that can't afford any real issues in the offseason. And they didn't have many. I think it was one of the quietest offseasons that I've seen around this organization in over 20 years until the Nicholas Morrow injury. Right, Jabin White goes down, but again, White's not a player that was going to have a Pro Bowl impact on this team. If you can't replace White and Morrow, you got big problems. Okay? You got huge problems. If you can't replace Morrow and White, White, a guy that you don't know is going to play, make the team. You assume he is because he's playing good in the preseason. If you can't replace those two guys and it's the end of the world, you got real problems. So the Raiders went in and brought in Perryman, who's very close with Gus Bradley, knows the system, who might be an upgrade. He's definitely an upgrade from White, and you can say he's an upgrade from Morrow because he's had a bigger career than him, but Morrow's hurt, and Perryman's been a guy who's been hurt a lot. But other than that, the offense is healthy, especially the offensive line, which in the preseason, along with several players, were put under bubble wrap, and they practice hard. I'll get to that in a second. So John Gruden made a decision that I wouldn't have bet on. I've known Coach Gruden a long time. If you would have told me that he wasn't going to play the starters and travel them and do all that, I would have said no. I would have said, I I can't see that happening. He decided to do that. So that was a well-thought-out decision with Coach Gruden, Mike Mayock, all the coaches on that team, where they came together with the decision that they were not going to jeopardize any of this. It's the Ravens. It's been the Ravens. It will remain the Ravens until Monday Night Football. I like that. I like that. But as we talked yesterday at M Resort and Casino and Spa with Eric Allen, now it's go time for the starters who didn't have to travel or didn't have to play much in the preseason. And I think all Raider fans agree with that too. So what we're going to do today as we talk about cutting the roster down to 53 is talk about what you think I don't want to go full Ravens. This is kind of like a bye week again. We can do it. We can talk Ravens. If you ever want to call in, I'll take your call on anything. You know that. 702-365-9200. But next week, I got my chart. I got all my regulars. I got the best insiders. I got everybody going Monday to Monday. I mean, it's going to be off the charts what we got lined up for you next week, especially from a Ravens perspective with some of the insiders that we have on. So that's all lined up for next week. And my philosophy this summer was not going early. I'm not going to go early. I'm not going to go all in early when there's not a lot happening. Now we're right there. We're on the cusp. Now, another big thing I want to make clear. I never thought that the roster cuts this year were going to be a big deal at all. As a matter of fact, I'm spending little to no time on this topic because I don't think we should be spending a whole hell of a lot of time on this topic because a lot of the guys who are on the bubble shouldn't be making a global impact in Raider Nation. Now, if the Raiders didn't do their due diligence in the offseason, if they weren't active in free agency, trades, bringing in players, then we'd have a big problem today because there'd be about six or seven bubble players who could make this team that aren't great players. They're just guys, good players, going to be a part of the team of the practice squad that we'd be debating all day today. Fortunately, we don't have that problem this year because of how active Mike Mayock and John Gruden was and Gus Bradley. I mean, hey, put something on Gus's resume that he's a recruiter too. You see all these players used to play for him coming in here. That is the key to this offseason, everybody, in my opinion. 
The key is we don't have to worry about bubble players. Who cares? Other than those players and their families, and we wish them well. They're part of the Raider Nation. They're part of this organization if they make the team or the practice team. But it's not like I'm not going make or break on Willie Sneed. I'm not going make or break on Stoner. I'm not looking around going make or break on Amik Robertson. I've seen these guys play. I wish them well. But this isn't the difference between an 11 and 12 win team. It's the guys who didn't play, led by Derek Carr, and the fact that these guys got to be ready to play on Monday night. It's a lot of time off after a grueling and very well thought out offseason. OTA's tremendous attendance. Carr working out, throwing balls in the park to everybody. Very good preseason in regards to the joint workout with the Rams. I think you'd all agree. And everything else you heard when we were at practice or we had the insiders or at practice, everything's good. Everybody's playing hard. Everybody's on the same page. No DUIs, no strip clubs, no insanity. We're still dealing with COVID. Knock, knock on wood if you're with me. Raiders have been fortunate as today the Colts have Carson Wentz in COVID protocol. So far, so good. Other than Morrow and his foot not being able, because he would have been a starter, and he would have been a guy that I think would have built on the year last year. But everybody else is good. And there's been some good performances, including Gerald McCoy yesterday, who showed he still had a burst, who's an important player because he's a proven player. And then to see what they've been trying to do with the receivers that they've had, that's always fun for a bubble conversation. They even travel Jonathan Abram. I mean, how is that possible? Did you see Jonathan Abram play last year? I did, every game. He's not even playing or traveling. I mean, I'm shocked by that. But the guy's been hurt. He has been unavailable. I understand it. I will get in my lane, and I will get on board with it. You don't have to. Jonathan Abram's not traveling and playing football, but Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes is, but Jonathan Abram's not, at least at the level that we wanted to see him play in the preseason. Damon Arnett got thrown to the Wolves. He should. He should. He hasn't done much since he's been here. He's a high first-round draft pick. So there were some guys we saw a little bit of, but most of the players did not play. And this is the first time ever in my career and in your life as a football fan that the preseason now is, is from here on out, completely discounted. Completely discounted. The only advantage we had here in Vegas is we had the greatest preseason Santana concert start to a to a life inside Allegiant Stadium that you can ever imagine. So the Raiders only had one preseason game and it was a big party. I would have liked to have had another preseason game at home so you could get used to parking, how you're going to get there, walking over the Hacienda Bridge, all of that, whatever you were thinking of doing. But we're going to have to wait till Monday Night Football and we're going to have plenty of time over the next week to talk about it. So how about you give a grade today? You give a grade today for the preseason, but I have one caveat. It's not the preseason games. It's the preseason games and everything else. Dating back to the hiring of Gus Bradley, Yannick Ngakwe coming in, the draft of Trayvon Merrick, who was brought in, Gerald McCoy, Rashad Perryman, the players that were brought in that you like, or maybe something the Raiders didn't do that you'd like to point out. So I'm looking for a grade, A, B, C, or D, Clearly, I don't do many of these shows, but again, it's still summer radio. We got a little bit of a bye week here with the offseason. There's going to be a weird schedule coming up here, and the Raiders will be the last team to play 
week one of the NFL season, starting of the NFL season as they open up at home on Monday Night Football. I'm very optimistic because it's a better roster. If the roster wasn't better, considering how other teams got better, if this roster didn't have mass improvements on the defensive side, I'd be concerned. A lot of fans are asking me, JT, will the team make the playoffs? I said they're going to be close. They're going to be close. You know, I have the, they could be an 8, 9, 10-win team. I hope it's 10. It could be 9. Could it be 11? Of course. A lot of things are going to have to break. They got screwed again with another very difficult schedule, which is shocking to me, but we've been through this rodeo before. They got a tough schedule. It opens up really tough. There are some winnable games. Is the Washington football team a winnable game? Yeah, they get the best defensive line in football. Is it a winnable game to beat the Eagles? Yeah, I think it's a winnable game. Is it winnable to beat Tua in Miami? Yeah, that's a winnable game. There's a lot of games there. Cincinnati, they should win. But then you look at a lot of games on this, is going to be a pick em. Vegas thinks that way. Vegas thinks this is a seven-win team. Eight-win team, possibly. That's it. And as we've talked about throughout the preseason, and I think Bobby has the soundbite of Brett Musburger will play it. We've been talking about this all throughout the preseason, that this is the most disrespect I've seen the Raiders get in 20-plus years on my show because people don't even acknowledge them. That's the issue here now. They don't even acknowledge them. They don't even know the roster. Uh, Gerald McCoy was on a national radio show today. National show. And the host asked him about John Gruden being a player's coach and are you concerned about Vegas with young players? I mean, the, co- the host had no idea who's on this team, literally could only say Gruden and Carr, and probably had to read a bio on Gerald McCoy, and there were no in-depth questions because no one knows the team. Nobody knows this team. I was on a radio show this morning. I was on a radio show this morning, and someone asked me about the defensive additions, and when I gave them all off the top of my head, they paused for like a half a second because they didn't understand the Raiders had all these new players. But it's enough of me saying that the roster's better. We know the roster's better. We know that. It's them proving that they can play at a higher level. Max Crosby hasn't played. You know, Leonard Ngakwe's not playing. These guys aren't playing. They have to be fresh, and they have to be sharp in the first game against a team that's always well-coached, always has a unique DNA and dynamic on defense, has one of the best corners in the league in Humphreys, who's unbelievable, and they got a former MVP who's still young at quarterback in Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins losing the whole season to a knee injury, sad for him, gives the Raiders a big break. A guy in a game who could have two touchdowns is not going to play for the whole year. guy in this game who could be an impact guy on third down is not there, especially after the injuries that the Ravens already had so far this preseason. So I think the Raiders are getting a bit of a break. They are getting a bit of a break because Baltimore will not be at full strength coming in. So I've been defending this team. I've been defending them hard on the roster perspective. I'm going to talk to Gruden tonight at 5 o'clock. If you're a BSL holder, you got the invite in your email box. And as Brett Musburger noticed, you know, some of the guys who needed to get thrown out of this team, like Trent Brown and others who didn't deserve to be back, I've been making that point every day. But I was listening like in... JT was on fire this week. Yep. On fire. He <laughs> took on those rascals who've been knocking the Raiders from one side of the nation to the other for decimating their offensive line. Now, we all know 
you know, Hudson yeah. was a big loss. Yeah. But they're talking about Trent Brown. Right. And he said, Trent Brown, he couldn't get on the field. He, he was stealing his money. Sounded just he was like stealing. Him. <laughs> Sounded just like him. You know, the, I uh, loved him. I was yeah. listening. I just started laughing. Arlene oh, and I man. were driving up in Las Vegas. It was so much fun. He was on fire this week. JT DeBrick coming up after the game. Yeah, so Brent throwing me a little bone there. I appreciate that. You know, I love the Godfather. As the play-by-play voice, and, you know, I've been defending this team and their roster. I mean, really. You don't know why Trent Brown was asked to leave. He stole money. It was a Brinks robbery. Mistake. I mean, the Raiders are going to be paying for that mistake a while. That cost a lot of money for a guy who was out of shape and didn't want to be a Raider. And lesson learned, you move on. You try to bring in guys like Yannick Ngakwe the next time around who says he wishes he was always a Raider. You know, you try to get guys like that who play with that mold. So, again, the show started 16 minutes ago. Let's get your preseason grade and get rolling here. 702-365-9200 as we take a look at some of the plays. I'm not going to call them highlights in Santa Clara. You know, when the pregame ended with Eric Allen, and we're going to play some bits from that, I said to Eric, I go, you know, we knew 20 guys weren't traveling. And I said, this is going to look like a Chamber of Commerce video for Santa Clara. Niner fans are going to be cheering. Niner fans are going to win the game. Raiders had their second and third strings. And how about the Niners showing up with their number ones to play right out of the gate? Here's Jimmy G on a touchdown run. Shanahan counters by sending Garoppolo back on the field. It'll be a power eye with Juszczyk. Right behind him is Mostert from the one-yard line. Play action. Garoppolo rolling to the right. Going to run it in. Dives. Touchdown, 49ers. Yeah, Brent Musburger and Compass on all these calls. That was a very risky play for Kyle Shanahan. Garoppolo could have got a concussion. He went in headfirst at the end zone in a collision. And then he got up and it looked like he was spiking the ball like he won the Super Bowl. I got the crowd going. If you're at the game, by the way, I'd love to hear from you. I got a lot of questions of what it was like to be up at the Battle of the Bay. How many Raider fans represented? Uh, What was it like Raiders, Niners in the parking lot? I'd love to hear from you on that. Obviously, and get some opinions there. So Garoppolo scores, and then we see early that they're going with Lance, that they wanted Lance to get reps, and he was able to run it in on the read option. Trey Lance checks back in. They split the backs. They put Lance in the gun. He's going to keep it, cuts him for an easy walk-in touchdown. Yeah, that wasn't defended well at all, and if the starters were playing for the Raiders, that'd be cause for concern. Because you know Trey Lance was going to run that read option. You know he's a threat to do that, and the Raiders really didn't cover that well. Raiders didn't cover that well at all. So, it, again, they don't have their starters, and it's not the end of the world. But why were the Niner starters in this game? Why did the Niners have their starters in there? Because they got a decision to be made at quarterback. And if you're going to put your quarterbacks in the game, you better have your starters to protect the quarterback. So they had an advantage. Everybody knows the advantage they had going into that game. Here's Peterman. Peterman, again, you know, being serviceable, played all the snaps in all the games here. This time he finds Stoner for the first down. Groshek is the lead back. Peterman's going to throw it right side, got one-on-one. Got a catch across the 35. Dylan Stoner, the young man from Oklahoma State. And now the Raiders have made their biggest penetration of the game. They are threatening that 49er defense. Stoner's had a nice preseason. I'd like to see him on the practice squad if he made the team because John Brown, who I think is going to make the team, doesn't or Sneed doesn't make the team, and he's in there. I think he could be serviceable. 
but the other guys have more of a track record. I'd like to keep the track record guys around, but Stoner should be proud. He played hard, and he practices hard. He's a good player. And John Gruden got a lot of work with him there. Also, the Peterman touchdown to Bowers. This made the game 20-10. to 10. Peterman is back into the gun. Points over to the right. Concerned about one of the rushmen. Takes a snap. Fires left. Got to first down. Touchdown! That was Nick Bowers out of Penn State, the tight end. He broke a tackle at the five-yard line and dashed in. That was a nice play. That was a really nice play. Great execution on the play, proving Peterman could get the ball out, make a good decision. Good pitch and catch right there. And the Raiders, at the end, 49ers wanted this game. They cared about this game. They wanted to win this game. They had a lot of their starters in. And then late in the game, they were trying to pile it on. McCoy moves green outside of him. McCoy beats the man, gets double teamed, and a running back battles his way for a touchdown. That's his power running. And Mr. Hastings now scored two. Yeah. All right, so there you are right there on Compass Media, Raiders Radio, and your grades on the entire preseason. Look, if I was a season ticket holder or if I lived in the Bay Area and I paid to go to that game and I committed and I bought couple hundred dollars worth of barbecue and beer and got there early and had to put up with the Niner fans in their building, I would have been pretty upset. You know, it reminded me of one of those games that I worked the sidelines on my whole career in Seattle, the last preseason game. I don't know how many games it was. Someone could figure it up, figure it out, but we'd go into Seattle for that last preseason game and get worked, just get absolutely worked. Seattle fans in the rain would be going crazy, and the Raiders would come out of Seattle, get on the plane, and start the regular season coming off a loss. I don't like coming off losses in preseason, but the fact that Gruden kept the top players out and didn't even travel many of them to Santa Clara proves what the ultimate goal is. I think the ultimate goal is what this show's about, the ultimate goal. 702-365-9200. Let's start with Tim in Vegas on 920. Hello, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, Good. I heard uh, you do an amazing job, uh, haven't had radio news like this for the Raiders uh, since I can remember. I mean, it's amazing what you hit on so many points. I just want to say uh, I've been a Raider fan my entire life. I grew up in Southern California, fell in love with the Bo Jackson era. You know, Marcus Allen, I used to play running back. I used to be here as a Rebel back in the day. But I want to talk about how the commitment for a 10-year contract is what it took to turn this team around because what a lot of people don't see is the financial uh, debt we were in and what it took to clean that out. And, you know, getting guys, get rid of Mac, which every single Raider fan loves this guy, but it was a necessary thing to happen. And now finally, eventually, giving his old D coordinator a chance and now getting this new D coordinator, which is probably the real answer. And the D line that they, that they brought in to uh, repair that uh, hole that we had right there, you know, you know, I, I would have, I, I give the grade a B plus. I would have said yeah. higher if we would have had the linebackers uh, a little more depth. But right. in this era of yeah. NFL, you got to have them guys that can move around you got to be adapting, and that's what he's doing. He's adapting to, to, to get to, uh, you know, to cover these, these, these type of guys. And, yeah, you're going ha- to have injuries because you, you're taking a lighter guy to cover those guys. I mean, it's, kinda, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. but it's what's necessary. So now that they're getting the depth, that's probably the depth piece they're really lacking. But I, I'm so excited what Gruden is doing. And, and, and just now he's, and he's also getting team guys. You know, people say Farrell and they want to – well, if you get another guy that's just going to be – that's going to blow up and get a huge contract again, 
you know, Farrell's a guy that is very disciplined at what he does and how he plays the game, and you need that kind of guy. But he's not going to cost you the big money later on. You're going to be able to keep these guys long term, you know, and then having Jacobs and Drake, I mean, those two guys splitting the carries, you're not going to have one back just blow up and cost you a million bucks, you know, millions of dollars to just keep the one guy. You Now you're spreading the love, and, yeah, I mean, they may not get the biggest contract at the end of the day, but right. you're going to be able to keep these all all these guys later on, and you got to have the one-year contracts just to get you through this hump. Yep. And this 10-year contract will be necessary and will be the long run. I'm fired up. I, I mean, good. I think this year's going to be good. Next year's going to be way better. Yeah, thanks for the call. I agree with you. But I can't sit here on the flagship and talk about next year. We've got to talk about this year and making the playoffs. That's the goal of this team. I told you the whole philosophy of breaking down the roster and, and doing it the way John wanted to do it, John Gruden wanted to do it. And he's standing by the way he's doing it. The only thing that's holding this team back is the development of co- a couple of these high draft picks to be better or to be at the level they were drafted. And that would include Damon Arnett, Jonathan Abram, and Clee Farrell. Those are the three guys that have got to play at a higher level this year, and they're healthy and they're ready to go. And hopefully they get going here. But that's the important part of that. And I think you're going to see some development in all of them there. Mark and Henderson on the flagship on a Monday. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you doing, JT? Good, thank you. Good, great show as always, buddy. I, I appreciate Thanks. it. Every appreciate time I call it. in, man, you do a fantastic job. Hey, man, you hit it on the head, man. We're, we're, we're rest. I was kind of upset because I see all these across the league playing all these starters. And then I thought about it when you said, John's resting these players. We got 17 games. Yeah, we can't afford to to get anybody injured. I know that. You know, our linebacking crews, uh, linebacking crews, kind of get decimated. But uh, you know, I, I know the philosophy. I I agree with it, and we're gonna we're gonna run with it and, and get in that playoffs, man. Hey, I'm proud of Gerald McCoy, man. He got stronger throughout the game, and you can see the get up on that. Uh, JT, once he gets that penetration, he can cause havoc. So thank you. You have Max Gerald. Uh, maybe Cleve Farrell in the middle, and then you got Unique on the outside for our third down package. Man, we're going to get after the quarterback. I'm so happy about that. And then also, you know, back in with Nate Hobbs and uh, Jonathan Abrams, Jonathan Abrams has to play at a Pro Bowl level. He has to play at a Pro Bowl level this mm-hmm. year so we can make a run at the playoffs. And it, it, it's going to be great mm-hmm. to see with Mullen and then uh, uh, Hayward. And I'm so proud of our Meek Man, Robinson. He's coming along. And then uh, yeah. uh, Arnett, too. So, I just think they're gonna, uh, we got to win game one. we got to win Monday night, man. We win Monday night. We're going to the playoffs, JT. Yeah. yeah, Monday night's a big game. Thanks for the call. Because I think they could beat Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh on a short week with all that travel off of Monday night is going to be hard. going to be hard. I, I like the matchup against the Ravens. I think the Ra- Raiders could beat the Ravens. Even though they're going to be a home underdog in that game, it's going to be a madhouse. And Lamar Jackson, that'll probably be the loudest game that Lamar Jackson's ever played that wasn't a deep playoff game. I don't think it could be any, it cannot be louder than it's going to be. Speaking of loud, I went to Guns N' Roses. They were great. Not good. I've been to well over 100 rock shows in my life. They proved how great of a band they were. It was fantastic. I thought that Axel brought his A game, W Axel Rose. Slash was amazing too. A rock god at guitar. You have Clapton. You have all your great guitar players. Slash is up there. He was fantastic. And then how about our friends from Mammoth? Wolfgang Van Halen, Frankie Sidoris, who wore the Vegas Golden Knight shirt under his leather jacket and had a couple flags with Vegas. What a great night. I ran into a lot of people at that concert. A Raider employees. People were just out there having a good time. Way to go. I thought Guns N' Roses was fantastic. 
where I was sitting, it sounded great. My friends who were in the pit on the floor thought it was blowing them away. I had friends who got in the Win nightclub. They had the time of their life. It was just a fun night. Way to go. Great weekend. JT with you, taking your calls on your grade for the Raiders the entire preseason, including the games, OTAs, and everything you saw. Former punter Leo Aragus. Leo's a good guy. He was at the alumni dinner. He's scheduled to join us. We're excited about that. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. SamandAshLaw.com, your personal injury attorneys. Their team is in your corner because you deserve what's right. That's full compensation for your injuries. 702-820-1234, SamandAshLaw.com. I don't know about that. You know, we're we're right now we're going to look at our injury situation at linebacker. We've had great practices. We had two really good practices against the Rams. So we got to look at the health of our team, most importantly, and um, we got to see who's on the bubble, who we really need to see to make this football team. And uh, we would like to get some of the guys a few reps, but at the end of the day, I think health and uh, keeping the right 53 is at the top of our list right now. This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, come on out to M. We were there with Eric Allen hosting the pre- and post-game show. Right outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Fantastic time. We'll talk about that more later. Former punter for the Silver and Black, the pride of Stephen F. Austin. Our friend Leo Aragus joins us. Leo, it was good to see you at the alumni dinner, my friend. How are you? Doing well, partner. How about you? Really good, and you, it's just great you're around this organization. The alumni department loves your cooperation and having you back. I want to jump in at this time of year when there are roster cuts, and you're with the Raiders from 96 through 99, and what's that like when you're in the locker room and you see a bunch of young players, and you're a young player, looking around, and it's make or break when that decision happens? Well, I'm telling you, uh, man, that's definitely just a very stressful time, especially when you're in a bubble, you know, um, just having to make sure that you've taken care of everything that you, you've been able to have control of, you know, since kickers and punters, we don't get very many reps. So, you know, you got to make every rep count, especially towards the end of the training camp. Um, you got to make sure that at least you get out there and get some reps and, and you pray for the best and hopefully, you know, you become a Raider. And my dream was always to be, you know, part of the NFL. But, you know, when I landed up with the, with the Raiders, it's like for me, it was like a dream come true. What better organization to land and start off my career than, you know, the Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Coach Gruden and the fact that he didn't even travel some of the starters and a lot of the starters didn't play in the preseason. Were you surprised by that, the lack of players even getting any reps this time around as you're watching from a distance? Well, when you think about it, you know, nowadays, like, uh, there was a little piece that I heard where Gruden's talking about making sure that our health is, is the most important thing you know, going into the season and starting the season, um, you know, there is talk about players not liking the preseason due to, you know, in the season, in, 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 you know, ending injuries that can cause you, you know, just being out there getting the reps during preseason, you can very easily get hurt. So you want to make sure that you, you get the reps that you need to make sure that everything's clicking in the right in the, in the in the right time, and that way, whenever you do start the regular season, everybody's ready to go. But you need to be careful as well, you know, being professional and making sure your body is taken care of during these preseason games so when the season does start you're all hitting in, the, in all the same cylinders 
Former punter Leo Aragus joins us. So, Leo, what was it like for you when you came to the Raiders after coming into the league with the opportunity to be with Miami and the Chargers and the Raiders give you your big break? What was the sense of relief like making the team, knowing you were going to be the guy, and then really locking in with your teammates? Yeah, well, definitely. The, it, it, to me, it was more hectic because I came in midseason uh, when Jeff Gossett had gotten hurt mm-hmm. and I came in for a tryout. Um, so I went from being a substitute teacher making $60 a day to uh, next thing I'm playing Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, they're in Oakland. Um, so there was definitely uh, uh, a prayer that it was answered, but, you know, it was definitely very stressful. Anxiety, you know, knowing that you were going to be able to show the world what you could do. My first ever NFL game was a Monday Night Football game that, that you know, I'll never forget. And so that definitely it was it – was, it was thrilling and, and, and humbling at the same time, uh, joyful. But, man, it's, it's very stressful, you know, getting that's to the point where you don't know how long it's going to be, you know. That's an amazing story. You know, I believe in fate and a lot of people I interview during the segment when we talk to former players, it's just all about that one moment. I can't believe it. I've talked to Hall of Famers about it, that there was one play or one way they made the team and then something happened and their whole life changed. And it seems like that Monday night game not only had such a big impact on you, it still does today. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, when I came in for, for, for my workout, they had brought in a guy by the name of Rich Camarillo, mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Mike Saxon. Um, I can't remember the other, the, other, uh, the other guys that they brought in. But at that time, they decided to go with Rich Camarillo because he had more, more years of experience and I hadn't played in the, in the NFL in the regular season game yet. So uh, Mr. Davis, you know, came in and said, son, you know, you're de- definitely a good punter, but right now we're looking with somebody that's got experience. And I flew home. And now I flew home on Wednesday. I got a phone call back on Friday saying that Rich Camarillo had, had tweaked his leg or he had torn his groin or something and that I was coming up, you know, the very next day to play the Monday night game. So from one day to the next, you went from being not selected, not being the guy, to being the guy overnight. So it's definitely, you know uh, – Feelings that are uh, emotions that are that ride high, and you go from the lowest to the highest, and in, in, in literally in one 24-hour period. Leo Aragus is our guest, former punter for the Raiders. So Shane Leckler came in after you, and he put up Hall of Fame numbers. And Ray Guy was before you. He is a Hall of Famer. What does it mean to you to be associated with those great punters? Mr. Davis cared about it a lot. Special teams, Mark Davis does too. You played for great coaches and some of the greatest players to wear the silver and black. That fraternity of punters, that's a nice list to be on. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm honored to be part of that list, especially, I mean, you know, my, my thing is just being humble and, and, and honored to wear the, the say that I wore the silver and black and I went out there and represented the, the, the Raider Nation. And so just being part of that, that whole family and knowing that, you know, that like they say, once a Raider, I was a Raider. Um, and, and being you know mentioned in the same names as Ray Guy and Shane Leckler and all those guys that have you know had long careers you know in the NFL uh, as punters you know it's definitely an honor to be part of that 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 fraternity or part of that family. Leo, finally, what did it mean to you when Tom Flores, the first ever Latino quarterback, first Latino head coach to win a Super Bowl, was just recently inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton? Well, I tell you what, being you know Mexican and, and Latin, you know the very first thing that came out is like you know that's that's my raza, you know that's what we say, that's my race, that's my people. So it was definitely an honor to see Tom Flores, you know, be some you know inducted. 
I think it was way overdue, um, you know, and then just the fact that, that him being, you know, mentioned and, and, and being inducted into the Hall of Fame, being, you know, Hispanic, you know, last name Flores, and, and him and I would always joke around with a couple of, you know, Spanish phrases when we would cross each other's path. So it's definitely an honor and definitely, you know, great to see him going in there and a great man, you know, just, just awesome for him, and, and I'm happy for, for him as well, you know. Leo, tell everybody what you're doing today. How's your family? What's next for you? Oh, well, I'm definitely blessed. I live in South Texas, down by the Mexican border. So um, now I am a, a, a contractor. I build homes. You know, I, mm-hmm. I get to pick and choose my battles. And uh, I, I definitely have the, the competitiveness of going out there and trying to build the best home out there. And so um, I, I, I kind of use uh, the whole commitment to excellence. And I, I say, you know, building, you know, you know committed to building excellence is what I have, I've started saying around here. So, I definitely enjoy building, and, and, and now that it's my second career, I've been, I've been able to you know, be blessed and, and stay busy and, and just enjoy you know, the fact that we get mm-hmm. to go to the alumni weekend and still be part of that family. You know, definitely, I look forward to every year to going back home to the Raider Nation and, and being part of that, that whole alumni weekend. It's a, yeah, everybody, everybody, you're so well-liked. Everyone loves having you around. Did you pick games that you're coming back to? When are we going to see you in Vegas next? Well, I don't know. You know, that's just it with this whole COVID thing that's going on. Mm. It's so unpredictable. You know, so um, I'm trying to go ahead and get, get my uh, job sites all in order so I do have the, the opportunity to leave and, and go out and enjoy the weekend because, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and it's getting around <laughs> the Raider Nation, bro. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see. Uh, hey, congrats on what you're doing down there with your job as a contractor and building homes, and I know you're having an impact on other people's lives, and I know a lot of Raider fans really think the world of you. Look forward to having you on again. Thanks again, Leo. JT, I appreciate it. Be blessed, man. You too. Leo Arago is a really nice guy. Came up to me at the alumni dinner, and we spoke for a few minutes and caught up with him, and just once a Raider, always a Raider. And, again, when he was done with the Raiders, uh, Shane Leckler came up next. And, you know, again, Shane Leckler could be, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Shane Leckler is a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. Ray Guy is a Hall of Famer. And Leo had a nice career when he was with the Silver and Black for those years. 96 to 99, 322 punts, 13,331 yards, punting average 42.6. So he could play. I was looking at Shane Leckler knowing we had Leo on. Shane Leckler was on the NFL 2000s All-Decade team. The NFL 2010 all-decade team, the NFL 100 anniversary all-time team. Can you believe that? And Ray Guy in a, in a gold jacket, incredible. we got to start talking about Shane Leckler coming in for the Hall of Fame too as we're talking about Cliff Branch, Lester Hayes, Jim Plunkett, all the other names that are out there. David in L.A., thanks for waiting on Raider Nation Radio on the app. What's happening? Hey, no problem, Jakey. Uh, good to speak with you. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. I just... I kind of want to go over my uh, my grades for the uh, the offseason. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I guess the entire food there. I'm going to give it a C. Uh, kind of mediocre. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big Gruden fan, but so far I think we can all agree that I, I, I would think that he's under under delivered uh, for what he's getting paid. Uh, what uh, you know, we're, we're going into year four and we're talking mm-hmm. about this team needing breaks to make the playoffs. I mean, what other coach is going to get four years to be at that point? Um, you know, I, I, well, well, hold on a second. Let me let me just say that with this record and being close to the playoffs, a team that should have made it last year, no excuse. He's got a Super Bowl ring. 
Guys, guys who have Super Bowl rings get four years with their new team, and maybe five, and he signed a 10-year deal. So when you ask who gets this, who gets this, John Gruden gets this. Andy Reid could never win. Now he's won in Kansas City. He would get the same opportunity if there was a rebuild going and all that. So there are many guys walking around with the Super Bowl ring and the credibility that Gruden has throughout his entire career as a coordinator, coach, head coach, and everything's accomplished. So, you know, I don't think John Gruden's lucky to still have his job, but he's got to get to the playoffs. He's got to he's got to get to the playoffs. No, I, I agree. And I mean, I hope that's the case. But, mm. you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're year four, and I, mean, I still think there's some big holes on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. You know, that feral pick baffles me to this day. Uh, right. You know, great player. Just, you know, he wasn't worthy of being selected where he was selected. You you need an impact player from the number four overall pick in the draft. And I get it. They lost the coin toss to the Niners. They win that toss. They get one of the, they get the Bosa brother. You know, maybe things are different, but, you know, uh, you know, as far as losing those games last year, I mean, who's ultimately responsible for that? You know, he's the head coach. I mean, they they, yeah. I just, they beat the Chiefs last year, and they turn around. You know, that was a great win. But then they turn around, and, you know, they're going to get smoked by the Jets, who are winless at the time. They get blown out by the Falcons. Two years in a row, this team has folded down the stretch. And, you know, that – I mean, to me, that that's a – that's a lack of leadership. Now, whether that falls on the players or him, or I mean, both, I get it. But, you know, uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, you know, uh, I just, I see the same old issues. No pass rush. Uh, so you don't think, you don't think bringing in, you don't think bringing in Solomon Thomas, bringing in Gerald McCoy, Yannick Ngakwe, Darius Phylon, Max Crosby there. You don't, you don't think there's any pass rush after everything we talked about this preseason? You know, I hope so, but I mean, I'll go. I'll move on to my next point, which is we didn't see that in the preseason. And you know, yeah. uh, Crosby didn't play, and Dockley didn't play. When I see Tom Brady playing in a meaningless preseason game, you mean to tell me that uh, we've seen enough from Henry Ruggs, uh, Edwards, uh, John uh, Abrams? We've seen enough in their career to, that we're comfortable knowing that these guys can perform on the big stage. I'm not no. equating a preseason yeah. game to a, a regular season game, but you know. You, there's something to be said about putting going these guys going out in front of a crowd and lights and performing, and you know to to say that a, a practice is a controlled environment, uh, even the scrimmage with the Rams. I mean, it's still controlled. I just I need to see it, and I, I it just it I, I don't get why injuries are going to happen. You know, Dobbins got hurt I in got the preseason it. game, but Morrow got hurt in, in a, uh, that scrimmage against the Rams. So what's the difference? You know. No, I appreciate uh, the call. Let me jump in. I got to get going. You. You make a lot of good points, and I agree with some of them. I thought that some of the young guys should have played in the preseason. To me, Henry Ruggs III, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen. You look through some of the young players in football that are so young, have barely played, I would have liked to have seen them get some real reps with Gus Bradley in their ear and Gus Bradley lining them up right. That is a concern for me. It's a real concern. But I trust Gus Bradley Gruden and that coaching staff, when they made the decision, they went all in. I think that's one of the things you got to trust with them. You don't have to like it, but you got to at least trust the fact that when they made their decision to go all in and how they were going to do it, they stuck with it. And it wasn't to play. It wasn't going to be playing the starters. Hey, have you been over to Five Iron Golf? I've been there a bunch. I hope to see you there. The premier indoor golf facility in Area 15 with eight simulators. Gives you access to play the best golf courses in the world. They got leagues. Sign up. Tell them JT sent you. Five Iron Golf.
you know, we were definitely talking about that on the sideline. We'll have our hands uh, full, certainly, with Lamar and the Ravens. And, um, again, we'll deal with that when we have to deal with it. But right now, uh, just, again, very proud of our guys. They worked hard. You know, a lot of these guys put forth tremendous effort, and that's all you can ask for. And we're going to try to keep the best 53 guys. John Gruden on the roster. JT, back with you. Good to have you. Turn up the Guns and Roses. I mean, I've seen them many times, dating back to them opening up for the Stones. I thought they were fantastic. I really did. I thought that was a great rock show. If anybody's complaining about that one, I don't get it. How'd you like getting there? You took RTC, which we've been telling everybody about. How smooth was it getting in? Good for you. Yeah, taking the taking the tram, uh, taking the bus to the tram to get there, and then rolling over the Hacienda Bridge, and seems to be pretty smooth. I know a lot of people are excited about the opportunity to get into that stadium. I think a lot of people have been in the stadium now so far. A lot of people have been in the stadium because they were there for Garth Brooks, soccer, WWE. There's been a lot of events now, Guns N' Roses, so I'm happy people are seeing the stadium. Raider 66 in Vegas. Go ahead. Hey, JT. How you doing this afternoon? Doing great. Thanks for all of them. Great. Yeah, just real briefly, uh, you know, a lot of people are concerned about the, the Raiders' defense, and we haven't seen a lot of it in the preseason. Has anybody stopped to think that maybe the Raiders, John and, uh, and Gus, are doing a rope-a-dope? They don't want anybody to see. The entire league thinks that the Raiders' defense still sucks. And remember John Gruden said he hoped that a lot of video didn't get out of their practices mm. that they were having with the Rams. So the Rams are the only ones that know what the number ones for the Raider defense are going to do. And I think bringing in guys like Gerald McCoy and uh, Denzel, the linebacker, and Ngakwe, mm. I think that they are building a little bit of accountability. And when you hear when you hear the stories about when McCoy talks and everybody listens, I think they're going to build this accountability that that collapse that we've seen the last couple of years is not going to happen this year. Yeah, I would agree. You know, the collapse uh, that was disappointing what happened last year, but I'm worried about the quick start this year. I'm really worried about a quick start this year. That's the only concern I have because they're opening up with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and I've been on the radio 25 years. In the last 15, it seems like all I'm talking about is Baltimore and Pittsburgh being excellent. They got two really tough teams right in front of them. They got to be fresh and ready to go.